I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning a word that is going to change your life forever. Amen. If you, if you receive it. Because you can walk into Burger King and choose not to eat. You can sit there. You know, just not eat. And you ain't going to benefit of the Whopper. <laughs> and, and same thing in church. You can come in church, but if you don't decide to eat, then you leave the same. I don't know about you, but I didn't get up on a Sunday morning just to come and play church. Or just to think that I came to get, do God a favor. No. Not no. But if you open your heart and if you receive what God has for you, let me tell you, the, the power is in the gospel. I'm so glad to see your beautiful family back. Thank you for being here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we serve a, we serve a good God. Anybody know him this morning? <laughs> Just excited. I want to announce this before I forget, but tonight, don't miss tonight, because tonight is going to be an, an anointing and impartation service. I'm going to pray for everybody in the house. I'm going to share a word with you that is going to ignite your passion for the Lord. And then, you know, we we're, we're have two, shorter than two months left of this year. And, and God is on the move, amen. And his people are in the move. And you must be activated, not with religion, not being churchy, but with the power of the Holy Ghost in your life that, that, that accelerates you and, and prepares you to be able to receive everything that God has for you and everything that God wants to do for you. You know, before God can change a nation or do anything, he first has to do it in someone. Did that someone show up to church this morning? That says, here I am, Lord. Send me. The Bible says that for the eyes of the Lord look through and fro throughout the whole earth to seek who he can show himself strong. Somebody shout strong. And when he finds somebody whose heart is fixed on him, then he has found himself somebody that is willing to allow God to come in and do what only God can do in an individual. God will take an ordinary individual and make him extraordinary. The Bible says that the children of the Lord, Crystal, you're here. I'm so glad you're here. I've seen you through the, praise the Lord. I lost my that the children of the Lord are for a sign and a wonder. And that's what you were created for. Amen. Not for mediocre. Not just to be just an average Joe. An extraordinary Joe. If your name is Joe, that will make you feel good. Extraordinary. Amen. Has God done good things in your life? Can I tell you it's just the beginning. My friend just walked in. Come on, bring him, bring him, bring him close. Hallelujah. You're doing a great job, JR. Look at that usher. Give it up for our newest usher. <laughs> I also want to uh, welcome somebody very special. It, he's actually the newest member of the Power Love Church. I want to... Where's... Elio. Elio. In the back? Can somebody get Elio? Elio. My mom calls him Elu, so I don't. Elu. <laughs> Bring him up here. Let's, let's, he's going to get dedicated next, 
next week with all the other babies. Keep having babies. Amen. Get married, have babies. Praise the Lord. So this is, say his name. Elio. <laughs> Elio Alvarez. When was he born? The day after the fall festival, so October 18th. You work very hard at the fall festival. <laughs> she delivered the baby the next day. A baby boy. Let's, let's show him off. Let's see. Hallelujah. I get nervous. I don't know. It's been a long time. Okay. Our sons are grown. Are you excited to be here this morning? It's been a great week. It's been a life-changing week. Um, God has done a, amazing things. And the beautiful thing about it is that what I'm seeing is that when there's a move of God and, and God, God, God is doing something genuine in the church, is that it's not just like one person. You know, it's not just one person coming higher. It's not just one person, you know, being blessed. You see a, a it, it's, it's like spreading. It's congregational. <laughs> And that, that's, that's one of the, the, the signs that you can tell it's the Lord. Because it's congregational. It's, 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 it's separate, multiple people. Amen. How many of you can say, God, I, I, I'm in that move. Like, I know God. I'm part of that. And, and you have to decide. Everything that God makes available for people, it's not like forced on you. You have to decide that you want it. You have to decide to be a part of what the Lord is doing and I see a people that have decided to want what God has for them and to be a part of this great move of, of the Lord. You know, we uh, had the honor and the privilege to attend to, to some uh, fire uh, revival meetings with Dr. Paula Ninchi from Lagos, Nigeria, whom I encountered about four years ago through my brother-in-law, Peter, who introduced him to me. Uh, he's a, a son in the faith of a Bishop Oyedepo. Some of you probably don't have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's okay. But, you know, um, he has the, I believe, the largest church. I don't know where Peter's at, but he has uh, his, he, his, his in, in Lagos, Nigeria, he, he has uh, what his church is called um, Dunamis, the Glory Dome. And it sits 100,000 people. But if that wasn't good enough, they, they have to have overflow. There's a great revival that is taking place. Revival is not coming. Revival is here. And revival begins in the heart of the individual. Amen. Revival and awakening 
to a spiritual reality begins in the heart of people. And so he's, he's a, a, a great, I mean, I don't know what, he's a, an apostle, a teacher, excellent teacher of the word with miracle signs and wonders. And we were able to, you know, my dream was to go to Lagos, Nigeria, which I believe I will be there one day at the Glory Dome and at Winner's Chapel, which is a Bishop of Devil's Church. And I remember uh, earlier this year, um, Dr. Palonici, because he, I've been like studying under his ministry since I've encountered him, his teachings. And his, he's a psalmist, so his music is, is so anointed, he writes all his songs. And so, um, how many of you know Naray Kelemon? Yeah. Somebody said, what did you say? It's African language. Okay. And so, so he has some songs that, I don't know about you, but if I like a song, it's on replay. And it has to be an anointed song. Not a Christian that got high on weed and wrote it. Because that happens. That happens. If you don't know that. A lot of, the, a lot of Christian music is, is not, not good. And so, but this is anointed music. You know, and so, uh, <laughs> and so um, there's a, um, especially even like through these last couple of years, how many of you know it's been like in the world difficult times, times that we, you know, pres uh, unprecedented times that we've not seen before in the times that we are living in. But we know, you know, and the world's going to get darker. So if you're waiting for everything to get fixed, I don't know. But for the church, things will get brighter. So this is a time where you have to draw the line where you're going to be, where you're going to be, what part of the kingdom are you going to be, of the systems of the world or of the, the kingdom of God. And so, you know, um, through these last three couple of years, these special times, he had this song that like carried me. Like I had it on replay and it, I could literally, when I would listen to it, I could sense supernatural strength coming upon my body, coming upon my mind. To, to, to do because how many of you know God calls us to be strong and we need to function and thank God for the unction to function for the anointing of God upon our lives to be able to function the worst thing is not being able to function but when God comes into your life and he strengthens you and empowers you he gives you an anointing of the Holy Ghost to be able to function say function and we must function Amen. And so this song uh, is called, I Know My God Will Turn It Around. I know my God will turn it around. I have seen my God turn it around. There are so many, many, many times in my life and I have seen my God turn it around. Has there been many, 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 many times in your life that you have seen God turn it around? And it's good for you to know that because if he did it once, he'll do it again. Amen. And so we had the, the privilege to usher more on that tonight, but to be in those meetings. And, and you know, one thing that he said, and I'm going to be sharing a lot that, that I received. Amen. I know I'm, I'm supposed to continue on grace, but this is part of building and abounding in grace. Amen. And it's the, the, the power of the knowledge of God, what it does in an individual. And so uh, one of the things that he said, and it's true, you, you know, how many of you 
have had encounters with the Lord that changed your life. And so, but you, do you know there's sides of God that we've not seen? Because when we think that we've seen everything there is to God, then we, we're limited. We're, we're in trouble because there, when you think you know all there is to God, then there is no more pressing. There is no more active faith. And faith is supposed to be living. It's supposed to be active in our lives every day. And the encounters that, 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 that I know I personally had, and I know some of you that have been there, were life-changing. And you know, the proof is going to be the fruit. Because don't tell me you had an encounter with God and it's fruitless. Every genuine encounter with God will result in producing fruit for the glory of God. And I see you producing that fruit for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't miss tonight. Tonight's going to be in an impartation anointing service. Did anybody see my bottle of oil? Okay. No, no, not that one. It was a bottle of oil. Okay. That's special. Praise God. Yeah, let's put it back over here. Hallelujah. So come tonight. Everyone's going to get anointed with oil by the instruction of the servant of the Lord. <laughs> I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Hosea chapter 6. And I'm going to share with you some things that are going to empower you. I'm going to be sharing with you the outcome of the knowledge of God in your life. What is the outcome of the knowledge or having the knowledge of who God is? And I pray that any messed up or doctrine or teachings that you have about God this morning, you will be enlightened to the realization that God is a good God and that every perfect thing comes from above and there is something that happens in the individual that comes to know God and that word know is not just head knowledge that word many people know God but know of God but they don't know him and the very and the proof that they don't know they don't really know him they just know of him uh, 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 intellectual is because of, of their lives. They claim to know God with their mouth and they can quote you the scripture. They might even finish the scripture before you even finish it, but their lives have no proof or no evidence that they know God. People that know God, there's a way they live. There is a way that produce. There's a way they function for the glory of God. So, you know, the Bible says a tree is not known by how pretty it looks. A tree is known by its fruits. And you're going to be a people here at the Power Love Church that is not, not only going to know of God, you're going to come to know God for yourself, and you're going to be a fruit producer for the kingdom of God. Because our, the fruit that we produce is for the glory of God. And God has called us to produce fruit. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. We're branches. 
And Jesus is the vine. And when you connect yourself with Jesus, when you connect yourself in relationship, not religion, in relationship, a living relationship, a spiritual relationship uh, that, is, that is based upon his obedience to his word. Can I tell you something? There is power in that because you're connected to the vine. The life of Jesus begins to flow through the, through the branch, which is us. And then we're, Jesus doesn't produce the fruit. We produce the, the, the fruit begins to produce through the branches. But the key is the connection, the engaging, the, 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 the relationship. Somebody say relationship. The intimacy. That word conosco is intimacy. You can know somebody, but you, you don't necessarily mean you are intimate with them. But with, with, to know him is to, to, to intimacy. It's conozco. I know him. I've been with him. I've seen him. I've heard him. Not I heard of him. And so there is an outcome that result from knowledge of God in your life. In Hosea 6, verse 3, it says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain. As the latter and the former rain unto the earth. I want you to put that in the Amplify. Hallelujah. Glory. So let us know. And become personally acquainted with him. Say, that's another level. Say, that's another level of relationship. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Somebody came this morning to become personally acquainted with God. Let us press. That takes work. That takes you like paying attention. That takes heeding. That takes being aware, alert. Come to get something. Press. That means don't distract me, neighbor. I'm here to receive something from the Lord. That means that person that didn't choose not to come to church but wants to be DMing you and dropping messages right now. Deuces. I'm here to press. I'm here to press. How many came to press? Focus. No distractions. You're, you came from Arizona? Or no, uh, New Mexico. Wait, no, you, I'm talking to you. The sister, you're the sister, right? From where, tell me. Oh, Plainview, Texas. 
I, I try to remember you when I seen you in the restroom, but awesome. I'm so glad you're here. You're visiting this morning, right? I'm so glad you're here. Press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord. To honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. Let me read that again. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press, somebody shall press, on to know and understand fully, say fully, the greatness of the Lord to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. His appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us in salvation like the heavy, heavy rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Has salvation come to you? It says he shall come, go before you like the morning, and he shall come to you like the heavy rain. What does that got to do, Pastor? Well, just hold on. <laughs> if I know God, what does it profit me? The awesome thing about encountering God truly is that it destroys every form of religion. Because you can be in church for a long time. I grew up in church. And all you can experience is dead religion. But when you genuinely press to know the greatness of God for yourself, and you know that he's not history. He's not the great he was one at once. He is the I am that I am. He is the great I am. Not the great he was. Not the great will be. He is the I am that I am. He is the God of the now. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He is the God of the now. There's no time in God. He is the God of the now. So when you encounter him, like some of you have, and it's changed your life, right, JR? Right, Victor? I mean, I can go down this road. Started with myself and my husband. How many of you heard my husband Sunday night? The grace that comes upon your life to take a nobody and make them into a somebody. And you never forget that. Because when you forget why you are who you are, you become ungrateful. And you're already downgrading without even knowing it. And destruction will hit you before you even know it. Never forget that it is because of the mercy and of the grace of God. And always show up to give glory to God. Because he is worthy of all honor and he is worthy of all glory. I see grateful people here this morning. And so it's a wonderful thing to, to, to you know, I can, I can tell you this. You know, my husband and I have been married, or we're going on 27 years. Give the Lord some praise for that. I know some of you know that already. But it's the most wonderful miracle I've experienced in my life. Never would have made it. 
without God. And so, so, you know, you, you, you know, for the first seven years of our marriage, you know, we were married. We loved each other the way we knew. Hello? And, 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 but God wasn't at the center of it. And, and, you know, we had good times. We had a lot of bad times. And, and a lot of things happened. But can I tell you that when we came to know God, it affected every area of our lives. Not first our spirituality, first us. But then through us, it goes and it affects the power of God, the, 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 the reality of who God is, of the God of real. He's, he's alive. He's more than just me going to church. He's more just me, him wanting me to read the Bible. He's, he wants to encounter you in such a way that it will change your life forever. He wants you to be in a place in your life where he can bestow all the wonderful things upon your life that he has made and keeps ready for you. When you don't know God, you're missing out. When you, all you know is religion, you're suffering. But when seven years after our marriage when we knew something has to happen because if something doesn't happen it ain't gonna go well with either of us and we cried out for the Lord to the Lord and in our in the way that we knew and we that you know I could tell you after seven years of thinking we know each other we encounter the love of God and God doesn't have love he is love and the Bible says that God uh, um, uh, um, pours his spirit upon us. Amen. And, this, and, and, and he, he pours his spirit upon us. This, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And he shed, the love of God is, is shed, is poured upon us by the Holy Spirit. And when we encounter that love, when we encounter God, we encounter love. When you encounter God, you encounter love like you've never known it. It changed everything. Can I tell you, we weren't living until we found, we discovered love. And then we started living. And it doesn't get dry. Because the knowledge of God, it's it being hungry for God. It's, 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 a, it's a hunger that cannot be quenched or cannot be conquered. The more you know God, the more you love him. The more you love him, the more you want of him. And it's, it's never ending. And it, and, and, it, and it has helped us in many ways. I'm not going to call you, but you're looking at me like, don't go. He's like, do it. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Because I know I'm not the only one. The knowledge of God changes everything. Everything. And you deserve that. You deserved to be active and living and, and, and genuinely enjoying life. Your marriage, your children, not just having a house, but having a home, a family. Hallelujah. The knowledge of God is a treasure. Say treasure. That results in many, many ways. Let me share with you seven things the knowledge of God will do in your life. How many want to know more of God? How many of you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? 
How many of you know there's more to God that you know? How many of you know you're going to discover something about God today that is going to take you to another level? How many of you know you're going to leave out of here more in love with the Lord than you, than you walked into this place? Hallelujah. Seven things the knowledge of God will do in a person. Number one. To know God is to qualify for the reign. To know God is to qualify for the reign. As we read in the scripture, it says, and he shall come unto us as the rain. If we follow him and if we know the greatness of God. When the rain, which can signify the spirit of God or the word of God comes into one's life, it revives you. It revives you. It makes you alive. It makes you somebody that was just, like I was saying earlier, just ordinary and, and, and puts a, 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 an ability on the inside of you that empowers you to be able to do things that you never thought you could do in your life. There's people sitting here today that are experiencing that revival in their lives. They've come alive. Either from lostness, from depression, from religion, from oppression. When the word of God was preached to you, you receive that rain that comes from knowing the Lord. And what happens is he's made you alive. By that rain, he's made you alive. Because you've known him, you've qualified for the rain that makes you alive. And when you are alive, great things will begin to happen in your life. No longer going to church. And why am I going to church and nothing is changing? Why am I hearing the word and nothing is changing? No. When the rain of God comes upon your life, things begin to change. Things begin to happen. And I see that happening to you even today at a greater level in the name of Jesus. The knowledge of God. Because, as we read in the scripture, that when you press to know him, that when you follow him to know him, the reign of God comes upon you. And also, because the reign of God comes upon you, it would all also make you somebody that will be exempt from every dry season in your life. That means to those that know God, the reign of God comes upon their lives. And because of the, of the awakening that comes upon your life, of knowing who God is, the creator of heaven and earth, the savior of my life, the one that loved me so much that gave his only beloved son, that whoever, and I was that who 
whosoever. You were that whosoever if you gave your life to Jesus. Believe it in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you but to save you. And when you encountered him you received the reign of God through the knowledge of God. And because of that you become somebody that is exempt from any dry season. When nothing is working for others because you know the God that you serve it must work for you and it'll be for the glory of God somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. the Bible says Jesus You got to believe it. Let me tell you, because if you don't, then it stops right there. If it's the word of the Lord, believe it. Activate your faith and your trust and say, God, I believe you in spite of what it looks like. If it's going to work for you, you got to believe it in faith. Because if, if you don't connect your trust, your faith, then you're just hearing words. But I tell you, if you take God's word at your heart and say, God, I trust you. I believe you. You are the God. You are the God that sends the rain into my life and has made and has revived me, has made me alive. And because your rain is upon my life, I thank you that I will have no dry seasons. The last time I encountered a dry season in my life will be the last time I ever will. From this day forward, because I know you, I will have fruitful, nothing but fruitful fruitful seasons if things are not working for others are working for you if you're in business if you're in ministry whatever you God has called you to when it's not working for others because of the knowledge of who your God is it will work for you God is faithful and he honors those that honor him and he'll see it that those that put their trust in him, the Bible says they will never be put to shame. And I believe we're going to see that at a greater degree. People are going to be shocked. I, I believe God is about to, uh, uh, there's about to be an acceleration for those I'll be lying to you if I tell you all of you are going to be accelerated. I'll be lying to you. But for those that have taken God at his word, get ready. Get ready for God to honor you. Listen, the Bible says that those that esteem God highly, not barely, highly. He said that God will anoint you with the oil of gladness above your fellow brethren. He's going to cause you to stand out so that when people look at you and say, this my son right here has not left my side, has not drawn back, has kept pressing forward when he should have be been out. He stood strong and he's honored me through it all. And because of that, God says, I'm about to cause an acceleration upon your life. So get ready, my dear friend. Get ready. God has heard your cry. God honors those that honor him. And I pray that 
you are one of those that has esteemed God highly so that the, the oil that God is about to pour on your life is going to be a sign to many, even the lukewarm, to say, I've been left behind. I've been missing out because people have rested and been confident in their own gainings. But let me tell you, your own gainings is, is nothing compared to what God will add unto your life. Who's going to be a part of those? In Psalms 1-3 it says, and he shall be like a tree. He's talking about an individual, a certain type of individual. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he and she shall be like a tree planted. Not shady. The wind blows this way, you go this way. The wind blows this way, this way. You're up one day, down one day. Pasito para adelante, pasito para atrás. No, 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 no. Roller coaster life. Woo! Happy one day, sat the other day. You, 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 you move according to the temperatures of this world. But those that are planted are those that know their God. They shall be. That word be, they shall become. They shall become, the Bible says. Like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. If you're wondering, why is she giggling and laughing like that? you rather her be depressed and crying? If you got a problem with people being joyful. It's called the joy of the Lord. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit. In his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper that means those that know their God receive the reign of God and they are exempt from any dry season you won't have to figure out because of the dry season to how to trick to gain how to lie to gain you won't have to do, have to do any of that all you would have to do is seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will see to it that he will add everything on to you. And God will be glorified. Because people will be like, oh, did you get this? This is from there, from there. I got it from God. God did it. God did it. God did it. God did it. 
rivers of water. Let me read this side note. The outcome of those who faithfully, say faithfully. Say faithfully. The outcome of those who faithfully seek God and his word is life in the spirit. Since water often represents the spirit of God, those who are instructed by God and who abide in his word will receive an unfailing source of life from the spirit. An unfailing source of life in the spirit. Yeah, but what about the natural? You've anything that comes from God, you first must receive it spiritually. And when you know that this will result as an unfailing source of the Spirit, that means whatever God himself will do in my life, God himself will do it through my life. There's an inflow and then there's an outflow. It doesn't mean you're void of situations or circumstances. But even in difficult times, you will make those difficult times that at one point kept you down. Now because of your knowledge of God, in those difficult times... You will be like David because David knew his God. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my God is with me. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you out of them all. That means that for every difficult time that presents itself in your life, God already made a way of escape. All you have to do is don't get caught up on the situation. Get caught up on how big your God is. Greater is he that is in you than he that is of this world. If you believe that, say thank you, Jesus. You see, but if the enemy can just keep you so focused on what's happening. The Bible says magnify the Lord. Make God big in your life. That's why get to know him like you ever have before. That's why throughout the day, talk about him. Talk about his greatness. Testify about what he has done in your life. If he's done good things, testify about it. And every time you do, you're maximizing God in your life. And when you do, when situations arise, because they will. Even then, you will say, my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I can ask or think according to my knowledge of him. Is anybody getting something this morning? So the knowledge of God's will exempts you from dry seasons. Is that good news? Catch it with your spirit. Don't catch it with your mind. Mind can't comprehend spiritual truths. Get it in your heart, and then your heart will take care of your mind. Don't catch it with your mind. Catch it with your spirit. Like, mm, I know. I believe this. Don't reason in your mind. If you reason in your mind, it'll, it'll, you, you look at things in the natural. But the spiritual things, the things that you receive by faith, they're, they're not natural. So you, you receive them. Like if somebody's, somebody's throwing you a ball, you just catch it. Just catch the word of the Lord. And when you do, God will begin to help you. God will begin to help you. Amen. Let's move on. 
So the knowledge of God's word will exempt you from dry season. That means that you become an irrigation agent. An irrigation agent because of the knowledge of God. Irrigation, I looked up the, the definition. It says the artificial application of water to land to assist in the production of crops. <laughs> so you become that. Because of the knowledge of God upon your life, you become an agent of irrigation. Wherever you go, you produce. Wherever you go, not only do you produce, you assist in the production of the seeds that have been sown. Can you see it? When you know God, not only do you become an, like an, an, an irrigation agent, I heard this, listen to this. You become an agent, uh, uh, you become an agent of revival or a mobile revival. Wherever you go, there will be impact. Wherever you go, there will be impact. Those that you encounter will be impacted. Those that encounter you will never leave as they came. You become what you have, you carry, and you give to others. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are tired and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, Come unto come as you are. But then he said, because how many of you know that when you come to Jesus, he don't care how you come. You can come addicted. You can come lost, depressed. You can be the worst person in the world. God doesn't care. He says, come as you are and he'll take you in all your mess. But I got good news for you. When you come to Jesus as you are, you will never leave his presence as you were. <laughs> he will change your life. Has he changed anybody's life? I said, has he changed anybody's life? That's what, that's, that, that's a living God. That's a living God we serve. Can you imagine? I said, may their God, we'll, we'll, let this place. You should have seen us praying Saturday morning. Let this place be as it has been said it would be. The power of love, church. A place where healing rivers flow. Father, let that anybody that comes into this place with any disease or anything out of order, any depression, anything that has been holding them down, every grip of the devil, the moment they stepped into this house, let the power of God begin to work in their lives. Let not one person leave out of here lost, in bondage, depressed and oppressed in the name of Jesus. Because we believe 
we believe what happens here. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. When the, the presence of God is in this house and it's here this morning. So whatever came with you or carried in with you that should not be in you, as you open up your heart, I'm telling you right now, God is even doing the work right now. That which concerns you as you're sitting here and you're opening your heart to believe the word of the Lord. Can I tell you something? God is working it out for your good. God is working it out for your good. Because God is the one that could do what no one else can. And no one that comes to him ever leaves the same. And as we have freely received, we become agents of revival. We're not glory hoggers. We don't get what God gives us just so that we can say, look what God did for me. We get it so that we can tell others that need it. If God did it for me, he'll do it for you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a glory hogger. Jesus. There was a lady after our prayer meeting yesterday. We stayed a little longer yesterday. It's my husband, me, and my brother-in-law. We couldn't leave. We just talking about the goodness of God. You know, when something happens in your life, when God touches you, things, your capacity begins to expand. Things begin to, to grow. And so we, we got some things in the works right now and so we're sitting here talking about the goodness of God and uh, I'm glad God is good God is perfect so we're here like about an hour after and this lady walks in I don't is she here this morning she is Marcia give me a hug just I just want a hug I just want a hug you don't look the same you don't look the same no you look peaceful you look great. God did something for you yesterday. When you walked into this place, hurt and bondage, crying out for the Lord, God touched you, set you free. And I said, Marcia, you come tomorrow and you appreciate what the Lord has done in your life. She did not look like this. But for the glory of God, she stands here in her right mind. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus. The work that you have began in her life. In the name of Jesus. I thank you that you will continue to perfect it in Jesus. Mighty name from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Every grip of the devil upon your life. Every negative word spoken over your life. Even from a young age I cancel that word and I break its power and hold over your life. In Jesus' mighty name. There it is. That's the presence of God. That's the power of God, Marcia, right there. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I love you. Look at that smile. She didn't walk in like that. Freely you have received. Freely you give. You'll walk in one way and you'll leave another way. The only reason you will leave the same, it will not be because of God. It will be because of you. That's why the Bible says the day of salvation is now. If you would only open up your heart and harden it not. So if it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. Say, if it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. Because God already did it. So you become an agent of revival. Those that know their God truly have encountered the Lord. Just like something happened to my friend over there. Right, sir? I, I, I'm looking at you, right? At that parking lot? God touched your life. Just stand up so everybody can look at you. Uh, just stand up so everybody... I'm not going to come to you. There it is. It wasn't inside the church house. It was at a parking lot over there somewhere by airline and 45... The power of God is real. <laughs> Revival agents went to that parking lot and preached the good news of the gospel. <laughs> and people responded. I'm telling you, we're going to see it like never before because there is a people that is rising up in power in the knowledge of who their God is. And it's spreading like fire. How many revival agents of revival are here this morning? I know it's not everybody. It could be everybody. I know, I know. But say, thank God I'm one of them. Say that. Yes. That's the best thing. The best thing you can do in life is bring hope and life to others. What we have people need. People think they know what they need, but their money doesn't satisfy them. Sex doesn't satisfy them. Drugs doesn't satisfy them. But Jesus is the living hope of people. And we have that. You have that. And God wants to revive you this morning. God wants to ignite you this morning. And you got to get rid of all cuteness. And reputation. Many people are going to miss it because they care what people think. There's a proverb that says if you still care. The Apostle Paul said, if I care what people think, I will not be fit for the kingdom of God. Don't go too far. Come right back. <laughs> Jesus. That man right there too. Man. But if you could just hear the, the, the testimonies. We serve the God of our testimony. <laughs> and get ready for new testimonies. 
get ready for new testimonies for the glory of God. He's the God. I've been jamming to the God of my testimony. Who sings it, Pastor Sandy, so I can look it up? Dr. Paul and Angie on YouTube. The God of my testimony. I sent it to the worship team and I said, come on, come on, we got to do this. We're going to have a, a um, praise and worship and a, a service of gratitude next Sunday night. Next Sunday morning is our Power Love annual Thanksgiving feast. So come, invite it. Everyone is welcome. So what's that about, Pastor Sandy? Every, every year we celebrate and we thank the Lord together. Amen. We thank the Lord together and uh, we're going to have a great service. We're going to see souls come to the kingdom of God. So invite, you know, people that you know need to hear and, and to be saved. Invite them and say, listen, we're going to eat some food. And most people won't reject you. If you say, let's go to church, they might not want to come to you with you. But if you say, Liz, we're going to grub after church. I'm telling you, they're going to have all kinds of food. And let me tell you, some people here can cook. And so after service, we're going to go and there's going to be a feast for everybody. And then Sunday night service is just going to be a, 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 you know, a service of gratitude. Coming into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. We're just going to praise the Lord. You know, we're going to receive the word. We're going to fellowship. And then we're going to come back and praise him and say thank you. You know, praise is a form of prayer. And it's the highest form of praise, actually. Because when you're praising him, you're basically declaring your victory is done. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. When you know God, you become a revival agent. Wherever you go, there's impact. What do people encounter when they encounter you? Do they leave wanting more of God? Or do they leave wanting less of God? Does your life cost them to want more of God? Are, are they standing before you in misery and yet you're just watching them die? Or are you an agent of revival that says, I got what it takes to set you free? The Bible says that signs and wonders will follow those that believe. Not, not signs and wonders will not follow the pastor or the teacher. Or the, signs and wonders will follow those that believe. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If you drink anything deadly, it will not hurt you. How many believers are here this morning? Signs and wonders shall follow you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you got to go right now. Just like my dear friend got set free. And the devil loves to intimidate people. He'll come at you like, sit down right now. But if you, if, you know what's going to, the Bible says that when the enemy comes like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. So it's not like God is going to come down for you. No. The, 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 he shall raise up a, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard within you. So it can only be raised up according to the knowledge that you have of your father. No knowledge of God. Ain't nothing going to be rose up on the inside of you, my friend. But knowledge of who God is, you're going to see yourself like a matrix. Like, oh, come out in Jesus name come here to intimidate me the Bible says that at the end people will look at Satan
and and B, is this the one that shook nations? Is this this thing that shook nations? That caused all the destruction? This little thing? I'll tell you right now, he's a little thing and nothing now. The devil has been defeated. Jesus Christ is Lord and the devil is under your feet. You have been rose with Christ Jesus and seated in heavenly places. If you believe that, say thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. We don't got to wait till the end. And this is the spirit of God is here this morning. Sometimes Pastor Jay says, this is not a hooping and hollering message. Listen, the reason why you're shouting the way you do is because it's piercing you. I know what goes forth out. Just like it does me. As I'm giving it, I'm like hooping and hollering on the inside of me. There's not nothing with hooping and hollering, but if you're just hooping and hollering and you're not getting it. But I see a people that is getting it. I see a people that is coming to the realization of the knowledge of who God is. And you shall be strong people and do great exploits for the kingdom of God. If that's going to be you, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you know God, you become a revival agent. A mobile revival agent. Uber doesn't have to be the only one that delivers. You are a deliverer. Because the deliverer lives on the inside of you. When your your mom called and said, you call me or your mom called me. You had an uncle. I was, it was a couple of years ago. His mom called because his mom got healed. Pastor Jesse had prayed for her and she got healed from terminal cancer. She had, was given certain days to die, 10 days to die. And then Peter brought her to church. She received prayer about how many years ago? Nine years ago, she was given 10 days to live. And the power of God healed her body. She's still alive. Lived through the whole pandemic, wasn't affected at all. And Peter's mom called me because she believes in the healing power of God. She experienced it. Have you experienced the healing power of God? Have God done something good in your life? Then you, you're a, you got what somebody is waiting. You're a, and, 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 and his uncle was also on hospice already. What's wrong with him, Peter? Maybe if you tell him, because I'm going to be asking you. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. He, he was on his, he was already on his deathbed, basically. He was on hospice. They were already reaching out to his family and kept pressuring his family to go ahead and do a morphine drip so he can just go out in peace. But my mom knew what God did for her. My mom knew who, who God is, the great physician, none, unlike any other. So she called Pastor Sandy. Pastor Sandy was talking to her on the phone. And she told him the situation. They had pancreatic cancer. They were ready to put a morphine drip. And right then, they got an agreement in prayer. They prayed over the situation and what happened. And as he was there, sitting in the hospital, hundreds of miles away, God's work 
was performing what it was going to go do. And as he sat there in that hospital. I came to your house. He was at your house. Yeah, yeah. Well, I walked in. Stay right here, don't leave. I walked in and death was upon him. But can I be honest with you? When I got that phone call and your mom told me the condition that what, what was happening with him, immediately in my mind, I thought, should I, I need to pray. I need to get in the word. I need to, I need to feel anointed. <laughs> like I'm about to go lay hands on somebody that was supposed to be dying. And, and I, the spirit of God said, you are a, you're carrying, it's in you. Listen, when you get up, when you get to a point in your life and you have a relationship with God and you begin to grow in the knowledge of God, it's in you. There's going to be times you're going to encounter. There ain't going to be no time. So times we're in now, there ain't going to be no time. Let me. You better live ready. Because lives are counting on you. And when I, and I, and I got that, the spirit of the Lord. See, how's that, how does God talk to you like that? When you, you get in his word, you put his word on the inside of you, you have a relationship with God. And, 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 and then God will begin to speak to you inwardly. Not like, you know, inwardly. And, the, and then, so when his mom called me and told me, I, I felt like, you know, I need, I, do I need, I need to prepare. I need a, I don't feel anointed right now. But then the spirit of the Lord said, it's, you, it's inside of you. It's not how you feel. It's what you know. And it's on the inside of you. And when I walked into, and I went, I went believing God for a miracle. When I walked into that house, I looked at him and I had to see with the eyes of the spirit. Cause in the natural, that man was more dead than alive. He was covered up. He was pale. Skin and bones, pale. You can see death. Up, you can see death upon people. You can see it upon people. And I went up to him, and I began to minister to him the love of God. What Jesus did, redemption. He, the Bible says that he took away our sicknesses, our diseases. He carried our sorrows. The, 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 by the stripes of Jesus, we are were healed. And I said, do you believe that? Jesus paid a price for cancer. Jesus paid a price for every disease. Known and unknown, it became upon Jesus so that we can be made whole. And he was so open to receive. He received and I casted that spirit of death out of his life. In the name of Jesus, you will live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord. You spirit of death. Come out of his life now in Jesus' mighty name. And every organ upon his body function in the perfection that Jesus Christ created it to function. And he received it. Did he look any different after I left? No, not really. But I left trusting that what God put in me to deliver, he was going to perform it. It's not us. We're the deliverers. But it is the power of God. And God, the Bible says that when Jesus gave him the great commission, that they went about and God was working in them. God was working in them and through them doing the signs and wonders. Anything you want to add to that? Well, the other thing was that, what you know, that? well, that, that's, that's where I was kind of got confused because that's where I was talking about what happened after that. One of the things that happened, you know, as he came back, you know, as he was 
coming back, you know, not his family couldn't take care of him, so they had put him, like, in a nursing home. And, you know, they, gave, they told the, the, what was going on, so nobody expected him to live a long time after that. They expected that, you know what, we've got to keep watching him. You know, he's probably going to pass away or, you know, things like that. That's what they were expecting. You know, he, you're talking about when people have cancer and at that stage of cancer, you know, they're just skin and bones. And that his family came and they went there to his room to go find him and they couldn't find him. They were looking everywhere for him. And they actually, he was in, the, he was in their uh, eating hall eating menudo. And ever since then, just continued getting better and better. He went back to a normal life. He checked out of that place. He went back into his own house. You know, whatever the God had, whatever the devil had planned for you to destroy you, it'll be your strength. Amen. But it's just powerful. Oh, yeah, he's still alive. He's alive. He's healthy. You know, he's living on his own. His children are happy. I mean... Oh, he was like, 90. no, he wasn't 90, but you know, he was like in his late 60s. That's young to me. That's young to me. Come on, give Jesus some praise. You have what people need. The knowledge of God upon your life empowers you. It makes you an irrigation agent. It makes you an agent of impact. Freely you have received you freely give. I want the worship team to come up because we're going to pray. I have seven things. This is just the first one. I thought I was on the third one. This is just the first one. But I'm going to be praying for some people this morning. And if you came here sick... If you came here with any form of disease, anything that is taking your ease, your peace, if you receive this morning, you shall be made whole in Jesus' name. Whatever negative report they gave you as you come in contact with the anointing of God this morning, you shall be made whole. Any depression, any addiction, any bondage of the enemy that it has a grip upon your life. Today, you can leave out of here whole in Jesus' name. You can read an encounter in Acts 3. And I believe I read this last Sunday. An encounter where there was a man that was lame from birth. And the Bible says that Peter and John were at, they went to the hour of prayer to pray. And it says of this man that they would sit him there. His friends would bring him to sit at the gate so that he can ask for money. He was a beggar. He had a condition from birth and he couldn't walk. And the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came upon them and filled them with heaven. The Spirit of God came upon them and filled them. And the Bible says in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. 
after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses so when the power of God in Acts chapter 1 and 2 came upon them just as Jesus had told him it would happen they received the infilling of the Holy Ghost and empowered them from power from on high and the Bible says that they became witnesses when you are a witness you have evidence you have heard and you have seen firsthand and when you when God has done something in your life and you know that it is him you're not a second-hand witness you are first witness that what God has done in your life and then you have evidence you have proof that God has done it upon your life you become a witness and then you become empowered you become empowered and then you become a witness that you serve the living God and that he's on the inside of you and what he's done for you he's saying go give it to others so after the day of the Pentecost Peter and John went to the temple and it says that this man that was being carried to ask for money encounter them and his story change <laughs> when you encounter the power of God your story changes and I see your story changing today in the mighty name of Jesus but I like my story then keep your story I'm not talking to you but I know there's a people here that have desired a change of story even me when I come before God I said God change my story to another level because I know there are levels in you that I have not seen yet and the Bible says that when they seen this man the man asked him for money as he usually did Peter and John said was it Peter and John brother Ram? Okay. they said silver and gold we have none but not that they were broke but they knew this man thinks he needs money but we got something better that money cannot buy you know what good is it to have all the money but yet you can there's no healing silver and gold have we none but this that we have we give unto you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk the Bible says that they took that man by the hand they picked him up he jumped up and then the Bible says that this man's story changed he was no longer a beggar he no longer needed help from people he had received a help that came from above and the Bible says that that man went into the temple with Peter and John walking and leaping and praising God this man went to the temple walking and leaping and praising God I see you these next two months going into the new year walking and leaping and praising God if that's gonna be you shout hallelujah agents of impact don't just pass people by just pass people by 
the Bible says that they looked at this man and marveled at God. They marveled at the great miracle that resulted as the as a result of the power of God. They glorified God because of what happened in this man's life. What God is about to do in your life, they will look at your life and glorify God because they will know that your help did not come from man. Your help came from Get with get before God and just begin to thank him. Thank him. Thank him for the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened this morning. Thank him that his anointing has come upon your life this morning. Thank you that you have walked into this place and have discovered a greater knowledge of, of God's goodness. Thank him that you realize that everything that you need must come from him thank him that he is the source of your life just open your mouth right now and begin to get before god and thank him oh hallelujah of God and your story will change today no more stranger agent today you are activated as a revival agent as a mobile impactor an irrigation agent to produce to be a living hope to a hurting world hear nobody this morning appreciate the Lord thank them oh, if you're full with your heavenly language go ahead and begin to pray all excited man I, I got up and started dancing around my desk man so let's start right away let's turn our Bibles which is the word of God to Ephesians 3 14 to 19 in the Amplified and if you don't you didn't bring a Bible today, that's okay, because we're going to put it up on the screen. There it is. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3, 14 in the Amplified. Hallelujah. Is that the Amplified? Yeah. Ephesians 3, 14. Hallelujah. For this reason, grasping the greatness of the plan by which the Jews and the Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. God, the first and ultimate Father. Thank you, my Jesus. May he, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be, to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit 
in your inner self. Hmm. Dwell in your innermost being and personality. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. Now, underline that. If you got a Bible, if, if, or if you have a notebook, write that down. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, say me, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. Hallelujah. And that you may come, oh man, every time, that I may come to know him practically through personal experience. We all need to have a personal experience with God, with Jesus, the love of Christ, which surpasses, oh, mere knowledge without experience. And you may be filled up filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives. Hallelujah. So when you see people that change right before your very eyes, they used to be one way, but they're now another way. You, they didn't used to go to church, but now they go to church three times a week. And you wonder, what's, make, what's making them do that? Well, a regular church doesn't make you do that. You know, I was a Catholic for um, all my life till I was, uh, you know, 40, 40 years old, I guess. And I wasn't excited about church, you know. I mean, I sure wasn't going to go three times a week. I went on Sunday maybe, you know. And <laughs> but, but, but when I found the real Jesus, when I, I started Lakewood Church with John Osteen, just for some of you who don't know me, uh, in 1979. No, 1973, I'm sorry. I started there. And within a year, I was a fanatic. I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, I was, I, I, I was in church all the time like the people here, you know. And, and, uh, and, and then I recognized, you know, I didn't even know this because I found out the real Jesus, the real word, that he's real and he's not a, he's not a, a theory. And he works. And he changes you because I didn't change myself. He, he changes you. He, he, you start examining yourself. What can I do to please him? Hallelujah. Now let's read verse 17 in the NLT. Verse 17 of the same where we were in the NLT. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. See, before, when I was just a religious person or in a, just went to a religious church, I didn't know that, that Christ would, be, would make his home in my heart as I trusted him. I didn't know that. I just thought he was up here somewhere. Till I found out that once I accepted Jesus Christ, he, became, he came inside of me. And he's the one that made the decisions for me. I didn't make them anymore. Hallelujah. Your roots, everybody say roots because this is my teaching tonight. This is important. 
the roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So when you first come and get saved, when you first come to church, you, you, we plant a little seed. But you know that little seed, if it's a fruit or if it's whatever it is, it's going to have to grow roots. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. It, as we water it, which means Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the roots grow deeper and deeper. The reason some people fall away is because they didn't come and they didn't water it. They didn't come nourish them. And so the root never grew. And so they, anything happens, they just fall over, you know. But when you start going, John Osteen told me this. If you come for one year, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for one year, make a deal with me. Then, then in a year from now, you make your decision. Well, I mean, I, I did that, so I'll do that. And a year later, I was, I was on the street preaching. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to leave nowhere. Because a, a year, the root grows deep enough to hold you in a, in a year, but, it, but it's not enough. You got to keep growing. You got to keep growing. That root has to keep going. Are you listening? Then Christ will make his home in, you, in your heart as you trust him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. Hmm. His word is making your roots go deeper and deeper. The power of the Holy Ghost. As our roots go deep and deep and deep. Everybody say deep. See, a lot of people are in a hurry. They want to, they want to, well, I want to feel like you today. No, you're not going to feel like me until, until your roots grow deep enough. Okay? Now, now, this is where I want you to write this down in your notes, underline it, suddenly. See, it's going to happen suddenly. It will be like, like you hit oil. You're going so deep, all of a sudden you hit oil. Boom. But it will be the love of God. That's the oil you're going to receive. So now you got it. Now you, now you don't have to just pay attention to somebody else. You, you start telling people. And you start acting. See? A lot of people judge Christians on the way they act. But the Christian, they don't know that some Christians are not growing their roots because they're not coming to water. They're not watering it. So it's not growing. They just call themselves Christians. Hallelujah. I'm talking to believers right now. So, if, I mean, if you're born again a believer, then you understand what I'm talking about, you know. And if you're not, then tonight would be your chance to become a believer by accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. And then Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then all of a sudden your roots will start to grow. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit takes takes the word of God that we hear. I said the word of God that we hear. See, not the word of God that we read at home. You know, because at home you can read something and put it down, you know. I'm telling you, you come because you hear. You hear a whole teaching on a word. Every time you walk in this place, you're going to hear a different teaching from God, but you're going to hear the word of God. So you hear the word of God. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God that we hear and builds a strong foundation in us. 
That's why the Apostle Paul told us that we are to allow Jesus Christ to dwell or make a home, a permanent home in us. Who's getting it? I like to teach simple, you know, easy. Everybody will get it. Nobody can go home and say, I didn't understand that man at all. No. <laughs> You're going to go meditate on what I said, man. I made, he made a lot of sense, you know. Okay, now. So you're getting it, right? Now, we have learned in the past that Christ in us means love in us. Why? Because he is love. See? Christ is love. And you'll see some of your friends that, that invite you to church and then, and then change. They're starting to, they're, they're not talking like they used to. You know, this morning, I, I, I stopped real early this morning at Denny's uh, down on 59. And I sit on a table. They had a, a lady and two guys right, right behind me here. And all they were talking about was, uh, you know, junk. And every now and then, four-letter words, four-letter words, four-letter words. And I said, man, that's, that's how I used to be, you know. I mean, you wouldn't. <laughs> I, mean, I had to hurry up and eat and get out of there, you know. <laughs> the devil's sitting right over here. But see, they don't, they don't, it's not their fault. Nobody's ever told them that, that Jesus Christ is real and can come live in their heart. And when that happens, everything changes. When, when your root grows deep, you stop talking junk like that. You know that that's not right. Man. So you're getting it, right? So to be rooted in Christ is to be rooted in love. And what is love? Second John, the book of Second John one six tells us that love is a spirit. See, so so you can't just say I'm gonna love you, and that's what a lot of times happens when in, in humans, women and men, I love you, I love you. Just cause I met you yesterday, but I love you. You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. You know, and and people trust that. You know, no, and, and love is a spirit. You have to be born of God in order to be able to love. But nobody tells a lot of people, so they don't know that. Now that you heard, oh, well, I, I got to get the spirit of God in me, then, then that becomes love. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to, you know, I, you, I don't love you because you don't love me. No. I, mean, I love you whether you hate me or not, because love isn't me. In order to keep your promise, too, you have to have love in you. Because when you get married, you said, God says, take care of this woman or this girl or the, your wife forever till death does you part. Well, you can't say that if you're just physical, you know, we don't have no spirit. You're just lying, you know, because you don't only, you, your spirit is not alive. So it's just your flesh and your brain. And so, so yeah, you can make promises, but, but if you're a spirit being and you make a promise that I'll take care of you for life, then you will keep that promise, see? There is no separation. There's no divorce. There's only death. Are you getting it? So to be rooted in Christ is to be rooted in love. And, and, and love is, uh, it says in, that love is a spirit. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, of timidity, or of power. Are you, are you, are you, are you with me? 
but of power. He did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What did God give us? Power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, in 1 John 2, 5, in the King James, I'm just quoting you the word of God, not my word. That's what he said. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Here, hereby you know that we are in him. So, so what's the proof that you are that your spirit and you and, and you're in God? He says, whoever keepeth my word in him is the love of God. So if you see people telling you things, but they're not really keeping God's word, but you got to learn the word so you know if they're keeping it or not. And you see they're not keeping it, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're only telling you words. They're not spirits. But the people that are born again, they're your friends, and maybe you're not born again, but now you see them, now you see them change. Now you see them talking different, you know. Keep their word. So a lot of people don't keep their word. They promise you everything, and when the day comes, they don't show up, you know. Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. First John 2, 5 and 6 in the message. Do you have the message? First John 2, 5 in the message? All right. If someone claims... I know him well, but doesn't keep his, com his commitments. He's obviously a what? Come on, y'all don't want to hear that in church, did you? <laughs> but that, that's, that, that's the word of God. Amen. Someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments. He's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match the words. And you, this heavy. But the one who keeps God's word is the person to whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure that we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. That's why you have to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, so that you can study the Word of God, so they know, oh, that's the way Jesus lived, but that's how I'm going to live. Are you still with me? Love is a spirit living in us, and we are to be guided by God's commandments or His orders or His precepts. But in order to be guided by his commandments, we have to have a Bible. And you have to study it and you have to or go, like I said, to a place like this, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, so to start getting in you. You start getting in you. The word of God gets in you. It's power. Hmm. His teachings, his ordinances. Who's willing to obey? The Word tells us that if we continue to walk in love, guided by it, and following it, then we are walking in love or in Christ. Very simple. That's why I say let's eat cornbread and beans sometimes. 
You come on Wednesday night and say, we're going to have cornbread and beans tonight. That means very simple. It's not going to be very you know, deep. Simple food. The word of God is not hard to understand. Some people think it is, but it's not. Pastor Osteen used to, used to tell me, uh, never get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. Never get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. The more we mature, everybody say mature. Yes. Underline that word and, and keep it in, 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 your, in your mind or go home and study the word mature. The, mom, the moment we mature in Christ, the more simple we can become in Christ. See, mature, in, in, we always said, uh, you know, you can be 50 years old and not mature. Still act like a kid. See, so maturity doesn't come because you're older. When you can have a 20-year-old, but sure in Christ before a 50-year-old. So you have to understand, mature in Christ. When you mature in Christ, then you make wise decisions. See? And people that make bad decisions are not immature. And prisons are full of 20, 30, 40-year-old immature men. See? So the more that we mature in Christ, the more simple we can become in Christ. So it's a simple. I, li I like simple. So let me repeat that. The more we mature in Christ, which is the word, so the more we mature in the word, some people make it so hard because they want to get so deep. People get religion and they want to be deep. Yeah. But what we need is maturity, not deep. We can become so mature that we start saving souls for Jesus. That's when you start getting mature. You don't, you're not afraid anymore. You're not nervous. You're not embarrassed to preach the gospel. You're not embarrassed to pray and, and walking around. Okay, you know, I pray in the spirit and tongues. Some of you don't know what that is. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the language he gives you when, he, when you receive the Holy Ghost. I walk down the hall, I work in the hospital, I work in the hospital, so I walk in the elevators, the door opens, people think, you know, and I, and, and, and I say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, all the time, no matter where I'm at. Thank you, because this is not, I'm not doing it, it's coming out. I can't keep it in. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. You said you perfect us. Thank you, my Father. You healed us. You saved me. You're my Savior. I love you, Father. Thank you. And it just comes out. See? And that's what happens when you hit deep and you hit oil. <laughs> then it starts to come up. So if you're not at that level yet, just keep maturing in the Word until, you, until the roots keep getting deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden when they hit that, it's, then you start coming out. Just like Stephen over here. You know, Stephen over here, this man right here, raise your hand, Stephen, right here. He came in, looked at me ugly, didn't even smile, you know. You know, uh, probably never been here before. I guess his wife invited him because I think she came first. But, and then and then Stephen comes, and then and then uh, very quiet. Then it says here a few uh, weeks, months, whatever, and all of a sudden he starts smiling and waving at me and, and dancing up here. 
Man, one of the best dancers, man. I'll bring him up here, you know, jumping. He jumps up and down. He's trying to teach me, but I'm too heavy. I don't think I can jump. I, I, I don't know how to jump like that. But, but, but that man changed, right? Right before my very eyes. Why? Because he did, the roots hit something. And hit oil. Boom, you know. But your roots have to hit that. Man. So much sure that the Holy Spirit gifts will begin to flow through you. Hmm. So much sure that we start laying hands on the sick and watch them recover. Are you with me? God never told us to go deep. He said, go out. See, some people stay studying all the time. They want to go deep. Man, I'm deep. I'm going to learn more. No, he didn't tell us you go deep. He said, go out. Are you ready to learn some more? Lester Summerall, a great preacher, has a teaching titled, Have You Seen the Glory? When you hear a statement like that, you immediately think, have I seen the glory in a spirit form? You know? But I have good use for you. Now that we have learned that Christ lives in us permanently, and love is, is Christ, so guess what? The glory is in you. Once you understand that, man, the glory is in me. Hallelujah. As our roots grow deeper by the Holy Spirit, our glory shines brighter. So don't worry if you haven't shined yet because maybe your roots haven't grown. Maybe you haven't watered enough. Keep coming. All of a sudden, when they do hit bed, the glory starts to come out. A mature Christian is one that is rooted deep and grounded strong by the Holy Spirit. And his strong foundation is the Word of God. So let's read our, 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 our foundation verse, Ephesians 3.17 in the NLT. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Hmm. Then in the Living Bible it says, And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go deep. <laughs> and to the soil of God's mainstream love. He said that we got many. When you finally realize that there's roots in you, and you need to let them grow or else you're just going to be superficial. So what happens when our roots grow deep? Then and only then will verse 18 take place. So you can't even get to verse 18 until your roots are deep. Then we will understand and feel how long and how wide and how deep and how high his love really is and experience his love. I said his love. We will never fully understand, but at least we will be filled with God himself. Hmm. Wow. I said wow here. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I just... Preach myself happy again. Whew. Man. 
When God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, regenerates us, that's what that's who regenerates you, or made us alive after being dead spiritually for so many years. Listen to this. I, I forgot in 1973 how old I was, but I think I was in 30s or 40s, I don't know. No. But but I was dead all from there all since since birth till that year. I was I was dead. Spiritually I was dead. Some of you are dead right now. And I'm talking to YouTube, so don't don't get upset at me. <laughs> Some of you are dead right now. <laughs> Some of you are 50 years old and you're dead. You've been dead for 50 years. And why do we listen to advice from dead people? <laughs> but when I was born again, then my spirit became alive. Then I started understanding the Word of God. Then I understand when He said, You are a spirit living in a body with a brain. Because before I couldn't say it because I, I was a brain and a body. That's it. So, so what made me tempt, what tempt my body, I would take. When my brain said it was good, I would do it. Because I had no spirit. But now that the spirit of God came to live in me, then, then the spirit rules my body. That's why you go to, to Bible study and learn. So the, so the spirit rules my body. So I don't care what my body wants. He doesn't get it. I don't care what my brain says, my spirit rules. And the spirit is positive. The spirit does not speak negative. The spirit is always yes and amen. Your body's crazy. He wants sweets, he wants pies, he wants women, you know. No, you know. Your spirit says no. See? Then you become a spirit-led person. Hallelujah. So when God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, regenerated us or made us alive after many years of being dead, His glory came in us. So now we need to walk in that glory and demonstrate to all who come close to us the power and glory of God in us. Can you say amen? amen? Some Christians still ask the question, what is my purpose? Listen to me. There's no greater purpose in life than to expose your personal glory. I said ex exp you know, expose your personal glory. Everything that God creates possesses its own glory. And exist for the purpose of manifesting that glory. That's how we exist. For, so that we can manifest that glory that he gave us to the world. So let's turn to Matthew 6, 28 and 29 in the NLT. Matthew 6, 28 to 29 in the NLT. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Hmm. 
Are you understanding? Think about this. Solomon was, was granted wisdom from God. He was the wisest man ever. He, Jesus himself is acknowledging the unprecedented glory which Solomon, human wisdom had, had brought him. He said that Solomon, arrayed in all of it, was not equal in glory to one tiny lily of the field, which God, God's wisdom had made. So this man, king, with all his fine clothing, was not better than a lily in the field that God created. Glory be to God. God created the lilies of the field and exposed the wisdom of God. Who's getting it tonight? Listen closely and take notes. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life, guess what it is? It's living without a purpose. So listen to this. The greatest shame in life is not revealing your true glory. I'm talking to born again, full of Christ Christians. Next time you drive by a cemetery, meditate on this. All cemeteries of the, and this earth are filled with the glory of so many who fail to access their true selves and left the earth without ever showing their real worth. And bro, there's a lot of people dead that could have been great preachers and great this and great that. They had it in them, but they didn't know how to expose it, so they died without what a waste. Who's glad you will not be one of them? You're getting the word of God and revelation knowledge. Next time you see a fine-looking racehorse or even a giant royal oak tree in its full glory and strength, say this, that horse is in his glory. Or, or look at the, the glory of that oak tree. Don't, don't, don't go blind, you know, never seeing around you. Have you ever seen a, a racehorse? Big over here, don't look at, man, look at the glory. That's the glory of the horse. He's exposing it. A big giant oak tree. That's, man, this is, look at the, look at the, the, the glory of the oak tree. He, he, he grew to expose his glory. Who came hungry tonight? Who wants, who wants dessert? Yeah. All right, so let me share a slice with you. He said, man, I never heard a preacher like that before. Yeah. Kind of simple, you know, like that. You know? The word glory in its fundamental meaning implies such concepts as full weight or true nature or full essence or true reality. Our God, our creator, designed all things with their glory or true essence within them. For example... I'm talking about giant royal oak tree. Take that. The seed of, that, of this great tree, the seed, hid that tree's glory in the seed. 
If that seed was buried, if the seed was thrown in the trash, imagine that true big old oak tree would never have shown its glory. And that's how humans are. They have something inside of them that's so great, but they never, they never understood. And, and they just worked every day, you know, 40 hours a week, did all their things that normally do, drink, smoke, whatever, and died without ever exposing the true glory that God put in them. Are you listening? Hmm. That, that little seed concealed the, flu, the, the full weight of a big giant oak tree, the glory. What that tells us, that, that the glory is the hidden truth. All created things, that's why we come to the conclusion that the purpose of life is not, is, is to manifest that glory. That's the purpose that should be everyone. I've got to manifest the glory that God put in me. Can you say amen? Are you understanding? Some of you can become the greatest preachers in, the, in, in, in this generation, and it's in you. But you, don't, you haven't exposed it yet. But by, by, by coming in here and getting the Spirit of God in you and, and coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all of a sudden it starts to come out. All of a sudden it starts to, you, you know, you, you automatically get this mic to tell your testimony and you feel like comfortable, like, man. Uh, that, you're on your way to preach. Are you understanding? Think about it. You and every one of us on this planet hmm, are walking containers of glory. All of you are walking containers of glory. You guys just got to find out to start showing it. Hallelujah. So listen to this. Our creator's desire is that each one of us release that full glory and fill the earth with the glory of our creator, our father, our God. You know, I'm talking about my pastor, Sandy. So I've been known Pastor Sandy, Pastor George, for like, what, 14 years? And, all right. Now, when I first met Pastor Sandy, Pastor George, they weren't preaching yet. And then later, you know, they started preaching and we, we started the church. And, and, but Pastor Sandy, you know, I was, I was thinking about this when I, when, I, when I was thinking about the roots. The roots would start going deep and deep. And all of a sudden, not too long ago, I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, where, where I thought back when I was writing this lesson, that, that I think her roots hit oil. You know, just went so deep till it hit oil because her preaching changed. What, what you hear her now, like maybe two years from now to, to today, is not the same Pastor Sandy that was before, even though she was preaching. You know, now she's like, you know, I mean, you see her, right? King contain, container. That's a container, walking container of God's glory. Man, I just give her the mic and she takes off, you know. And she'll walk all the way there and then she'll walk way over here. And, you know, me, I just stay in one place, you know. But my roots are still growing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. 
Some of you want to be like her and say, well, babe, you better get the roots growing. So as a teacher, that's what I am, um, I have to not only tell you all of this, but I also tell you how to accomplish this. I can teach you, you must show God's glory. And the listeners will say, okay, then what? Because they don't understand. So, so with that help of the Holy Spirit, let me teach you how to accomplish this. You ready? The goal of this Bible study is to stir you up. That's what I'm, I want to stir you up. Give you the motivation and the passion to, to complete your God-given purpose and move daily from glory to glory. Are you with me? We have heard of great men and women, preachers. You've heard them, you know. Catherine Kuhlman, you know, Pastor John Osteen and different people, you know. Lester Sumrall. Great men and women of God that, that have the glory in them and, 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 and that's their preaching. Bring people to Jesus. We, we, we know artists, inventors, like Michelangelo. How many heard of Michelangelo? His great masterpiece, one of many, was a painting on the ceiling of a chapel. Who knows the name of the chapel? Who said that? Man, there's smart people here. Sistine Chapel. Not 16, Sistine. <laughs> uh, millions of people go to Rome to see this great ceiling, just to see it. Ask yourself, what is this work? That generations, you know. Huh. What is this work? There's so many generations, so much attention. The answer is simply the glory of a man. See? So you don't have to be a preacher, but God put something in each one of you. Man. So Michelangelo filled the earth with his glory, the glory that God gave him. Many, many people walk around with their, mess, their masterpiece in their mind, buried under, under wishful thinking, procrastination, fear, excuses, and intimidation. That, my friends, should not be. That's a tragedy. Who's getting this? The seed, the seed of an oak, of an oak uh, exposes its glory as a tree. The caterpillar as a butterfly. The eaglet as an eagle. But God's seed is in us. Come on, get excited. I mean, you're finding out some real truth. God's seed is in you. Now, now you start researching let it out, come out so that people can see it. What is it that he put in you? He deposited something special in each and every one of you. He never meant for you to be broke. He never meant for you to just work like a slave. He meant for you to be blessed, prosperous, excited. You and I were hidden in his seed. And now we're exposed. He created everything to expose his glory. And now we are exposed. Once you get saved now, now you got to expose the glory he put in you. <clears throat> we are his glory. 
When, when I look at you, I see his glory in you. In you, he planted a gift that will expose his glory. Now you got to start meditating, coming to church, Sunday morning, Sunday, Wednesday night, reading the word, and all of a sudden, when you, the, the, your roots hit, hit that spot, boom. Oh, now I know what I got to do. I see glory in each and every one of you. If he planted a gift that will expose his glory, it could be a piece of art. It could be a, 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 the gift to preach. Like Gabriel. Man, when, when Gabriel came to this church, he was, he wasn't even talking. He didn't even know how to tell his testimony. Living in the street, broke up. Jessica, you heard her take up the offering. They, they, they weren't even living together. But yet, Gabriel, I think uh, his mother-in-law, took him in for a while. And then, he, and then she invited him here. Jessica was sitting over here and Gabriel was sitting over there. And I always tell the story. Because, I, you know, I never did drugs. I never did anything, you know. But, but, but he said, when I first came, I had drugs in my socks. <laughs> but today, <laughs> he's, he preaches. Amen. I'll give him the mic over here. He'll preach. He's... <laughs> He's ahead of our men's meetings, you know. And Jessica, you heard her. They both came broke. They both came with with no, you know, not exposed. Now look at their glory. They, she exposed her glory a while ago, and 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 I give him the mic. He'll expose his glory. Or the gift of music, like Georgie. I don't know where Georgie's here or not, but uh, but Georgie, you know. Been here, young teenager. Man, I, I don't know how he plays that, you know, all that music, man. He, I, that's, probably, that's not my glory, so. <laughs> but that's awesome. It could be the gift of miracles, like JJ. Where's JJ? Raise your hand. It's in you, JJ, because that's what God told me. The gift of miracles. So the next time when you pray for a miracle, God will give it to you. You say, that's your gift. There's a gift in, in, in you. It was in, and it was in his seed. Are you still listening? The glory of music, art, designing, making money for the kingdom. There's a gift of making money for the kingdom. I had that gift. You know, when I first came to Lakewood Church, I was broke. And then, as I started start, start studying the Word of God, and then he, he opened the doors for a business. I used to work in a Catholic lab at St. Joe's Hospital for $9 an hour. But then I got to meet the pacemaker reps and the defibrillator reps, and, and the doctors liked me, and, and they offered me a, a, a salesman opportunity. You know, and, and I, uh, I took it, you know, paying... At first, paying sixteen percent of everything I, I, I sold back to the to the hospitals, and the doctors called me because they liked me. So, so sixteen percent of an item that's twenty thousand dollars. And later, I became the head rep in Houston, making twenty percent. 
And then I paid some other reps 16% and kept 4%, you know, and, and created a million dollars over a few years. A man that was making $9 an hour. What was my glory? Making money for the kingdom. Because when, I, when, when God allowed me to make the million dollars, I had it in the bank. Then he told me, because I have to talk to him about everything, how do I, what do you want me to do with it? And he told me, he gave me an outline. One day, praying, he said, pay all your bills. Pay your house note. Uh, pay your house off. I had, we had a, a brand new house, $400,000 house. Pay that and your bills. All right, so I did that. Now I give the rest to the kingdom. So I make a check for the rest to the kingdom. And go back to zero. But then all of a sudden, it's all back. So, so I know that the gift that God gave me, the glory, was to make money for the kingdom. Now I'm still doing that. So that, it's different. You can have a different one, you know, but, but how many of you would like that one? God will send, send somebody to you and offer you a business, you know. You want to know where, you know, I think Jessica's got a business going over here. Some of the people out here, they, uh, yeah, Beatrice, they're starting businesses, you know, see, the glory. And they're going to explode the glory when they all got grand opening. <laughs> it's a glory. <laughs> There's a gift in you. It was, it was in his seed. Are you still listening? Man, whatever your gift or talent is, that's your glory, and it was given to you to fill the earth. For the glory of God, repeat after me. Hmm. My God is a creator, and he is the God of glory. However, see, I always throw that in. There's always a however, you know, because I like to teach right, you know. There's always a catch, right? Just like a fish needs water and a seed needs soil to bring forth its full glory, so do you and I need the right environment to manifest our true nature. Glory will be released when conditions are right. That's why this church is growing so, so fast. Because this is an environment where, where the glory can come out. See? So you have to be in this kind of environment. You can't go back to a religious place where they just speak religion and not the truth, you know, the weight of God's word. So be, you know, when the conditions are right, it's released. A seed, if destroyed, is the death of a tree. Do you know that? In the same way, if we suppress our human potential, we destroy our glory. Let me close with Psalms 19.1 in NIV. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. Man, living Bible says, the heavens are telling the glory of God. They are a marvelous display of his craftsmanship. Who got the revelation? Man, 
We can see the glory of God by His works. Because of His craft, craftsmanship. It's displayed for us to see. So in closing, take, take this with you. Glory is the manifestation of one's natural through one's work. When we use our gifts and talents to realize our visions and, and dreams given to us by our Creator, we're manifesting our glory. So let me leave you with this message. You are created to glorify your Creator through the productivity of your works. See? So you were created to glorify your Creator through your works. Glorifying God is not limited to praising Him, but rather to put in our hand to a productive, wholesome, and positive work. When, when you're homeless and, and, and uh, you're broke, that's not glorifying God. So if you're homeless and broke and saying, I'm a Christian, that's just, that's just saying God's not working. Because God wants you prosperous, healthy, And wealthy. Because the way, the way he's going to spread the gospel is with finances. So we're going to throw this outreaches that we got. And, and every, in our church, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Giving bicycles, cars, you know, uh, money. Giving it to the people. And we're about to expand this place. I heard, I heard somebody tell me about a church that was closing, and I think that some of them are going to come here because uh, because they they uh, they repossess it or whatever. I mean, uh, they, they they didn't own it, you know. They're paying somebody, but we we started this building owning it, and they, there's no bank can take it from us. That's the glory of God right there, you know. Jesus is so good. Man, who learned something tonight? So, bow your heads right now. Bow your heads. Father God, thank you for your word tonight, Father, your Holy Spirit. I am glad that everybody today knows that you put something in them. But they have to accept you as their Lord. They have to, they have to accept you. And tonight is a great night with this teaching. They want their glory to shine. So, Father, tonight, Father God, by your Holy Spirit, turn some lives around. So as your head is bowed, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life publicly, some of you might have never even heard of that, but tonight, by faith, I can pray for you. And you can, your life will never be the same. So if, if you never did that, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. And nobody's looking. Everybody's eyes are closed. Raise your hand. If you think that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you thought that he was, but you didn't, weren't sure. And some of you maybe were sure, but then you backslid and went back to the world. But tonight, you want to come back. You want to come back to the family of God. Raise your hand. 
Come on, I know there's somebody here. Don't be bashful. All right, to those that raise your hand, I want you to come up to the front. And those that didn't raise your hand, but you know that you, you should come up for prayer, I want you to come up to the front. All excited, man. I, I got up and start dancing around my desk. Man. So let's start right away. Let's turn our Bibles, which is the Word of God, to Ephesians 3, 14 to 19 in the Amplified. And if you don't didn't bring a Bible today, that's okay because we're going to put it up on the screen. There it is. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3, 14 in the Amplified. Hallelujah. Is that the Amplified? Yeah. Ephesians 3, 14. Hallelujah. For this reason... Grasping the greatness of the plan by which the Jews and the Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. God, the first and ultimate Father. Thank you, my Jesus. May he, may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be, to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. Hmm. Dwelling your innermost being and personality. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. Now, underline that if you got a Bible, if, if, or if you have a notebook, write that down. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, say me, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing, endless love. Hallelujah. And that you may come, oh man, every time, that I may come to know him practically through personal experience. We all need to have a personal experience with God, with Jesus, the love of Christ which surpasses, oh, mere knowledge without experience. And you may be filled up, filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives. Hallelujah. So when you see people that change Right before your very eyes, they used to be one way, but they now another way. You, they didn't used to go to church, but now they go to church three times a week. And you wonder, what's, make, what's making them do that? Well, a regular church doesn't make you do that. You know, I was a Catholic for um, all my life till I was, uh, you know, 40, 40 years old, I guess. And I wasn't excited about church, you know. I mean, I sure wasn't going to go three times a week. I went on Sunday maybe, you know. And, but, but, but when I found the real Jesus, when I, I started Lakewood Church with John Osteen, just 
for some of you don't know me, uh, in 1979, no, 1973, I'm sorry, I started there. And within a year, I was a fanatic. I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, I was, I, I, I was in church all the time, like the people here, you know. And, and, uh, and, and then I recognized, well, I didn't even know this, because I found out the real Jesus, the real word, that he's real, and he's not a, he's not a, a theory. And he works, and he changes you, because I didn't change myself. He changes you. He, he, you start examining yourself. What can I do to please him? Hallelujah. Now let's read verse 17 in the NLT. Verse 17 of the same where we were in the NLT. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. See, before, when I was just a religious person or uh, in a, just went to a religious church, I didn't know that, that Christ would, be, would make his home in my heart as I trusted him. I didn't know that. I just thought he was up here somewhere. Till I found out that once I accepted Jesus Christ, he, became, he came inside of me. And he's the one that made the decisions for me. I didn't make them anymore. Hallelujah. Your roots, everybody say roots, because this is my teaching tonight. This is important. The roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So when you first come and get saved, when you first come to church, you, you, we plant a little seed. But you know that little seed, if it's a fruit or if it's whatever it is, it's going to have to grow roots. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. It, as we water it, which means Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the roots grow deeper and deeper. The reason some people fall away is because they didn't come and they didn't water it, they didn't come nourish them, and so the root never grew, and so they anything happens they just fall over, you know. But when you start going, John Austin told me this: if you come for one year, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for one year, make a deal with me, then then in a year from now you make your decision. Well. I mean, I, I did that, so I'll do that. And a year later, I was, <laughs> I was on the street preaching. You know, I mean, I wasn't going to leave nowhere. Because a, a year, the root grows deep enough to hold you in a, in a year, but, it, but it's not enough. You got to keep growing. You got to keep growing. That root has to keep going. Are you listening? Then Christ will make his home in you, in your heart. As you trust him, your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. Hmm. His word is making your roots go deeper and deeper. Huh. The power of the Holy Ghost. As our roots go deep and deep and deep. Everybody say deep. See, a lot of people are in a hurry. They want to, they want to, well, I want to feel like you today. No, you're not going to feel like me until, until your roots grow deep enough. Okay? Now, now this is where I want you to write this down in your notes, underline it, suddenly. See, it's going to happen suddenly. It will be like, like you hit oil. 
You were going so deep, all of a sudden you hit oil. Boom. But it will be the love of God. That's the oil that you're going to receive. So now you got it. Now you, now you don't have to just pay attention to somebody else. You, you start telling people. And you start acting. See? A lot of people judge Christians on the way they act. But the Christian, they don't know that some Christians are not growing their roots because they're not coming to water. They're not watering it, so it's not growing. They just call themselves Christians. Hallelujah. I'm talking to believers right now. So, if, I mean, if you're born again a believer, then you understand what I'm talking about, you know. And if you're not, then tonight would be your chance to become a believer by accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. And then... Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then all of a sudden your roots will start to grow. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit takes, takes the Word of God that we hear. I said the Word of God that we hear. See, not the Word of God that we read at home. You know, because at home you can read something and put it down, you know, and, I'm telling you, you come because you hear. You hear a whole teaching on the Word. Every time you walk in this place, you're going to hear a different teaching from God, but you're going to hear the Word of God. So you hear the Word of God. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God that we hear and builds a strong foundation in us. That's why the Apostle Paul told us, that we are to allow Jesus Christ to dwell or make a home, a permanent home in us. Who's getting it? Amen. I like to teach simple, you know, easy. That everybody will get it. Nobody can go home and say, I didn't understand that man at all. No. <laughs> You're going to go meditate on what I said, man. I made, he made a lot of sense, you know. Okay, now. So you're getting it, right? Now, we have learned in the past that Christ in us means love in us. Why? Because he is love. See? Christ is love. And you'll see some of your friends that, that invite you to church and then, and then change. They're starting to, they're, they're not talking like they used to. You know, this morning, I, I, I stopped real early this morning at Denny's uh, down on 59. And I sit on a table They had... A, a lady and two guys right right behind me here, and all they were talking about was uh, you know junk, and every now and then four letter words, four letter words, four letter words, and I said, man, that's that's how I used to be, you know. I mean, you wouldn't. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I had to hurry up and eat and get out of there, you know. <laughs> the devil's sitting right over here, but see, they don't, they don't. It's not their fault. Nobody's ever told them that that Jesus Christ is real and can come live in their heart. And when that happens, everything changes. When, when your root grows deep, you stop talking junk like that. You know that that's not right. Man. So you're getting it, right? So to be rooted in Christ is to be rooted in love. And what is love? Second John, the book of Second John 1, 6 tells us, that love is a spirit. See, so, so you can't just say, I'm going to love you. And that's what a lot of times happens when, in, in humans, women and men, I love you, I love you. Just I met you yesterday, but I love you. You know, 
<laughs> it doesn't happen like that, you know. And, and people trust that, you know. No. And, and love is a spirit. You have to be born of God in order to be able to love. See? But nobody tells a lot of people, so they don't know that. Now that you heard, oh, well, I, I got to get the spirit of God in me. Then, then that becomes love. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to, you know, I, you, I don't love you because you don't love me. No. I mean, I love you whether you hate me or not because love is in me. In order to keep your promise, too, you have to have love in you. Because when you get married, you said, God says, take care of this woman or this girl or the, your wife forever till death does you part. Well, you can't say that if you're just physical, you know, we don't have no spirit. You're just lying, you know, because you're only, you, your spirit is not alive. So it's just your flesh and your brain. And so, so yeah, you can make promises, but, but if you're a spirit being and you make a promise that I'll take care of you for life, then you will keep that promise, see? There is no separation. There's no divorce. There's only death. Are you getting it? So to be rooted in Christ is to be rooted in love. And, and, and love is, uh, it says in, that love is a spirit. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, of timidity, or of power. Are you, are you, are you, are you with me? But of power. He did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What did God give us? Power. Love and a sound mind. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, in 1 John 2, 5 in the King James, I'm just quoting you the word of God, not my word. That's what he said. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Here, hereby you know, that we are in Him. So, so what's the proof that you are that you're spirit and you and and you're in God? He says, "Whoever keepeth my word in Him is the love of God." So, if you see people telling you things, but they're not really keeping God's word, but you got to learn the word so you know if they're keeping it or not. And you see, they're not keeping it. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're only telling you words. They, they're not spirits. But the people that are born again. They're your friends, and maybe you're not born again, but now you see them, now you see them change. Now you see them talking different, you know? Yeah. Keep their word. So a lot of people don't keep their word. They promise you everything, and when the day comes, they don't show up, you know? Oh, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. First John 2, 5 and 6 in the message. Do you have the message? First John two five in the message. All right. If someone claims I know him well, but doesn't keep his com his commitments, he's obviously a what? Come on, y'all don't want to hear that in church, did you? <laughs> but that that's that, that's the word of God. Someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments. He's obviously a liar. 
His life doesn't match the words. And it's just heavy. But the one who keeps God's word is the person to whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure that we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. That's why you have to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, so that you can study the Word of God, so they know, oh, that's the way Jesus lived, that's how I'm going to live. Are you still with me? Love is a spirit living in us, and we are to be guided by God's commandments or his orders or his precepts. But in order to be guided by his commandments, we have to have a Bible. And you have to study it, and you have to or go, like I said, to a place like this, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, so to start getting in you. You start getting in you. The Word of God gets in you. It's power. Hmm. His teachings, his ordinances. Who's willing to obey? The word tells us that if we continue to walk in love, guided by it, and following it, then we are walking in love or in Christ. Very simple. That's why I say let's eat cornbread and beans sometimes. You come on Wednesday night and say, we're going to have cornbread and beans tonight. That means very simple. It's not going to be very deep. Simple food. The word of God is not hard to understand. Some people think it is, but it's not. Pastor Osteen used to, used to tell me, uh, never get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. Never get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. The more we mature, everybody say mature. Underline that word and, and keep it in, 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 your, in your mind or go home and study the word mature. The moment, the moment we mature in Christ, the more simple we can become in Christ. See, mature, in, in, we always said, uh, you know, you can be 50 years old and not mature. Still act like a kid. See, so maturity doesn't come because you're older. When you can have a 20-year-old mature in Christ before a 50-year-old. So you have to understand mature in Christ. When you mature in Christ, then you make wise decisions. And people that make bad decisions are not immature. And prisons are full of 20, 30, 40 year old immature men. See? So the more that we mature in Christ, the more simple we can become in Christ. So it's a simple, I like simple. So let me repeat that. The more we mature in Christ, which is the word, so the more we mature in the word, some people make it so hard because they want to get so deep. People get religion and they want to be deep. But what we need is maturity, not deep. We can become so mature that we start saving souls for Jesus. That's when you start getting mature. You don't, you're not afraid anymore. You're not nervous. You're not embarrassed to preach the gospel. You're not embarrassed to pray in, 
and walking around, I can, you know, I pray in the spirit and tongues. Some of you don't know what that is. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the language he gives you when he when you receive the Holy Ghost. I walk down the hall. I in the hospital. I work in the hospital, so I walk in the elevators. the door opens. You go People think you know. And I and 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 I say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, all the time, no matter where I'm at. Thank you, because this is not. I'm not doing it. It's coming out. I can't keep it in. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. You said you perfect us. Thank you, my Father. You healed us. You saved me. You're my Savior. I love you, Father. Thank you. And it just comes out. See? And that's what happens when you hit deep and you hit oil. <laughs> then it starts to come up. So if you're not at that level yet, just keep maturing in the Word until, you, until the roots keep getting deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden when they hit that, it's, then you start coming out. Just like Stephen over here. You know, Stephen over here, this man right here, raise your hand, Stephen, right here. He came in, looked at me ugly, didn't even smile, you know. You know, uh, probably never been here before. I guess his wife invited him because I think she came first. But, and then and then Stephen comes, and then and then uh, very quiet. And it says here a few uh, weeks, months, whatever, and all of a sudden he starts smiling and waving at me and, and dancing up here. Man, one of the best dancers, man. I'll bring him up here, you know, jumping. Up. He jumps up and down. He's trying to teach me, but I'm too heavy. I don't think I can jump. I, I, I don't know how to jump like that. But, but, but that man changed, right? Right before my very eyes. Why? Because he did, the roots hit something. And hit oil. Boom, you know. But your roots have to hit that. Man. So much sure that the Holy Spirit gifts will begin to flow through you. Hmm. So much sure that we start laying hands on the sick and watch them recover. Are you with me? God never told us to go deep. He said, go out. See, some people stay studying all the time. They want to go deep. Man, I'm deep. I'm going to learn more. No, he didn't tell us you go deep. He said, go out. Are you ready to learn some more? Lester Summerall, a great preacher, has a teaching titled, Have You Seen the Glory? When you hear a statement like that, you immediately think, have I seen the glory in a spirit form? You know? But I have good use for you. Now that we have learned that Christ lives in us permanently, and love is, is Christ. So guess what? The glory is in you. Once you understand that, man, the glory is in me. Hallelujah. As our roots grow deeper by the Holy Spirit, our glory shines brighter. So don't worry if you haven't shined yet because maybe your roots haven't grown. Maybe you haven't watered enough. Keep coming. All of a sudden, when they do hit bed, the glory starts to come out. A mature Christian is one that is rooted deep and grounded strong by the Holy Spirit. And his strong foundation is the Word of God. So let's read our, our, our 
Our foundation verse, Ephesians 3.17 in the NLT. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Hmm. Then in the Living Bible it says, And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts, living within you as you trust in him. May your roots go deep into the soil of God's mainstream love. He said that we got many. When you finally realize that there's roots in you, and you need to let them grow or else you're just going to be superficial. So what happens when our roots grow deep? Then and only then will verse 18 take place. So you can't even get to verse 18 until your roots are deep. Then we will understand and feel how long and how wide and how deep and how high his love really is and experience his love. I said his love. We will never fully understand, but at least we will be filled with God himself. Hmm. Wow. I said wow here. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I just preached myself happy again. Man. When God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, regenerates us, that's that's who regenerates you, or made us alive after being dead spiritually for so many years. Listen to this. I forgot in 1973 how old I was, but I think I was in 30s or 40s. I don't know. But but I was dead all from there, all since since birth till that year. I was I was dead. Spiritually, I was dead. Some of you are dead right now. And I'm talking to YouTube, so don't don't get upset at me. (laughs) Some of you are dead right now. Some of you are 50 years old and you're dead. You've been dead for 50 years. And why do we listen to advice from dead people? (laughs) But when I was born again, then my spirit became alive. Then I started understanding the Word of God. Then I understand when he said, you are a spirit living in a body with a brain. Because before I couldn't say it because I, I was a brain and a body. That's it. So, so what made me tempt, what tempt my body, I would take. When my brain said it was good, I would do it because I had no spirit. But now that the spirit of God came to live in me, then, then the spirit rules my body. That's why you go to, to Bible study and learn. So the, so the spirit rules my body. So I don't care what my body wants. He doesn't get it. I don't care what my brain says, my spirit rules. And the spirit is positive. The spirit does not speak negative. The spirit is always yes and amen. Your body is crazy. He wants sweets, he wants pies, he wants women, you know. No, you know. Your spirit says no. See? Then you become a spirit-led person. 
Hallelujah. So when God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, regenerated us or made us alive after many years of being dead, his glory came in us. So now we need to walk in that glory and demonstrate to all who come close to us the power and glory of God in us. Can you say amen? amen. Some Christians still ask the question, what is my purpose? Listen to me. There's no greater purpose in life than to expose your personal glory. I said, ex, ex, you know, expose your personal glory. Everything that God creates possesses its own glory and exists for the purpose of manifesting that glory. That's how we exist. For, so that we can manifest that glory that he gave us to the world. So let's turn to Matthew 6, 28 and 29 in the NLT. Matthew 6, 28 to 29 in the NLT. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Hmm. Are you understanding? Think about this. Solomon was, was granted wisdom from God. He was the wisest man ever. He, Jesus himself is acknowledging the unprecedented glory which Solomon, human wisdom, had had brought him, he said that Solomon, arrayed in all of it, was not equal in glory to one tiny lily of the field, which God, God's wisdom had made. So this man, king, with all his fine clothing, was not better than a lily in the field that God created. Glory be to God. God created the lilies of the field and exposed the wisdom of God. Who's getting it tonight? Listen closely and take notes. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life, guess what it is? It's living without a purpose. So li listen to this. The greatest shame in life is not revealing your true glory. I'm talking to born again, full of Christ Christians. Next time you drive by a cemetery, meditate on this. All cemeteries of the, and this earth are filled with the glory of so many who fail to access their true selves and left the earth without ever showing their real worth. There's a lot of people dead that could have been great preachers and great this and great that. They had it in them, but they didn't know how to expose it, so they died without what a waste. Who's glad you will not be one of them? You're getting the word of God and revelation knowledge. 
Next time you see a fine-looking racehorse or even a giant royal oak tree in its full glory and strength, say this, that horse is in his glory. Or, or look at the, the glory of that oak tree. Don't, don't, don't go blind, you know, never seeing around you. Have you ever seen a, a racehorse? Big over here, don't look at, man, look at the glory. That's the glory of the horse. He's exposing it. A big giant oak tree. That's, man, this is, look at the, look at the, the, the glory of the oak tree. He, he, he grew to expose his glory. Who came hungry tonight? Who wants, who wants dessert? Yeah. All right, so let me share a slice with you. <laughs> he said, man, I never heard a preacher like that before. Yeah. Kind of simple, you know, like that. You know? The word glory in its fundamental meaning implies such concepts as full weight or true nature or full essence or true reality. Our God, our Creator, designed all things with their glory or true essence within them. For example, I'm talking about giant royal oak tree. Take that. The seed of, that, of this great tree, the seed, hid that tree's glory in the seed. If that seed was buried, if the seed was thrown in the trash, imagine that true big old oak tree would never have shown its glory. And that's how humans are. They have something inside of them that's so great, but they never, they never understood. And, and they just worked every day, you know, 40 hours a week, did all their things that normally do, drink, smoke, whatever, and died without ever exposing the true glory that God put in them. Are you listening? Hmm. That, that little seed concealed the flu, the the full weight of a big giant oak tree, the glory. What that tells us that, that the glory is the hidden truth. All created things, that's why we come to the conclusion that the purpose of life is not is, is to manifest that glory. That's the purpose that should be everyone. I've got to manifest the glory that God put in me. Can you say amen? Are you understanding? Some of you can become the greatest preachers in, the, in, in, in this generation, and it's in you. But you, don't, you haven't exposed it yet. But by, by, by coming in here and getting the Spirit of God in you and, and coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all of a sudden it starts to come out. All of a sudden, it starts to, you, you know, you, you automatically get this mic to tell your testimony, and you feel, like, comfortable, like, man. That, you're on your way to preach. Are you understanding? Think about it. You and every one of us on this planet hmm, are walking containers of glory. All of you are walking containers of glory. You guys just got to find out to start showing it. Hallelujah. 
So listen to this. Our Creator's desire is that each one of us release that full glory and fill the earth with the glory of our Creator, our Father, our God. You know, I'm going to talk about my pastor, Sandy. So I've been known Pastor Sandy, Pastor George, for like, what, 14 years? And, all right. Now, when I first met Pastor Sandy, Pastor George, they weren't preaching yet. And then later, you know, they started preaching and we, we started the church. And, and, but Pastor Sandy, you know, I was, I was thinking about this when I, when, I, when I was thinking about the roots. The roots would start going deep and deep. And all of a sudden, not too long ago, I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, where, where I thought back when I was writing this lesson, that, that I think her roots hit oil. You know, just went so deep till they hit oil because her preaching changed. What, what you hear her now, like maybe two years from now to, to today, is not the same Pastor Sandy that was before, even though she was preaching. You know, now she's like, I mean, you know, I mean, you see her, right? Can't contain, can't contain her. That's a container, walking container of God's glory. Man, I just give her the mic and she takes off, you know. And she'll walk all the way there and then she'll walk way over here and, you know. Me, I just stay in one place, you know. But my roots are still growing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> Some of you want to be like her and say, well, babe, you better get the roots growing. So as a teacher, that's what I am. Um, I have to not only tell you all of this, but I also tell you how to accomplish this. I can teach you, you must show God's glory. And the listeners will say, okay. Then what? Because they don't understand. So, so with that help of the Holy Spirit, let me teach you how to accomplish this. You ready? The goal of this Bible study is to stir you up. That's what I'm, I want to stir you up. Give you the motivation and the passion to, to complete your God-given purpose and move daily from glory to glory. Are you with me? We have heard of great men and women, preachers. You've heard them, you know. Catherine Kuhlman, you know, Pastor John Osteen and different people, you know. Lester Sumrall. Great men and women of God that, that have the glory in them and, 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 and that's their preaching. Bring people to Jesus. We, we, we know artists, inventors. Like Michelangelo. How many heard of Michelangelo? His great masterpiece, one of many, was a painting on the ceiling of a chapel. Who knows the name of the chapel? Who said that? Man, there's a smart people here. Sistine Chapel. Not 16, Sistine. <laughs> uh, millions of people go to Rome to see this great ceiling, just to see it. Ask yourself, what is this work? That generations, you know. Huh. What is this work that so many generations, so much attention? The answer is 
simply the glory of a man. See? So you don't have to be a preacher, but God put something in each one of you. Man. So Michelangelo filled the earth with his glory, the glory that God gave him. Many, many people walk around with their, mess, their masterpiece in their mind, buried under, under wishful thinking, procrastination, fear, excuses, and intimidation. That, my friends, should not be. That's a tragedy. Who's getting this? The seed, the seed of an oak, of an oak uh, exposes its glory as a tree. The caterpillar as a butterfly. The eaglet as an eagle. But God's seed is in us. Come on, get excited. I mean, you're finding out some real truth. God's seed is in you. Now, now you start researching let it out, come out so that people can see it. What is it that he put in you? He deposited something special in each and every one of you. He never meant for you to be broke. He never meant for you to just work like a slave. He meant for you to be blessed, prosperous, excited. You and I were hidden in his seed. And now we're exposed. He created everything to expose his glory. And now we are exposed. Once you get saved now, now you got to expose the glory he put in you. <clears throat> we are his glory. When, when I look at you, I see his glory in you. In you, he planted a gift that will expose his glory. Now you got to start meditating, coming to church, Sunday morning, Sunday, Wednesday night. Reading the word, and all of a sudden, when you the, the, your roots hit, hit that spot, boom! Oh, now I know what I gotta do. I see glory in each and every one of you. If he planted a gift that will expose his glory, it could be a piece of art. It could be a, 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 the gift to preach, like Gabriel. Man, when, when Gabriel came to this church, he was, he wasn't even talking. He didn't even know how to tell his testimony. Living in the street, broke up. Jessica, you heard her take up the offering. They, they, they weren't even living together. But yet, Gabriel, I think uh, his mother-in-law, took him in for a while. And then, he, and then she invited him here. Jessica was sitting over here, and Gabriel was sitting over there. And I always tell the story, because because I, you know, I never did drugs. I never did anything, you know. But but, but he said when I first came, I had drugs in my socks. <laughs> but today, <laughs> he he preaches. Amen. I'll give him the mic over here. He'll preach. He's he's ahead of our men's meetings, you know. And Jessica, you heard her. They both came broke. They both came with, with no, you know, not exposed. Now look at their glory. They, she exposed her glory a while ago. And, and, and I'll give him the mic. He'll expose his glory. Or the gift of music like Georgie. I don't know if Georgie's here or not, but uh, 
But Georgie, you know, but here, young teenager, man, I, I don't know how he plays that, you know, all that music, man. He, I, that's part, that's not my glory, so. <laughs> but that's awesome. It could be the gift of miracles, like JJ. Where's JJ? Raise your hand. It's in you, JJ, because that's what God told me. The gift of miracles. So the next time when you pray for a miracle, God will give it to you. You say, that's your gift. There's a gift in, in, in you. It was in, and it was in his seed. Are you still listening? The glory of music, art, designing, making money for the kingdom. There's a gift of making money for the kingdom. I had that gift. You know, when I first came to Lakewood Church, I was broke. And then, as I started, start, started studying the Word of God, and then he, he opened the doors for a business. I used to work in a Catholic lab at St. Joe's Hospital for $9 an hour. But then I got to meet the pacemaker reps and the defibrillator reps, and, and the doctors liked me, and, and they offered me a, a, a salesman opportunity. You know, and, and I, uh, I took it, you know, paying... At first, paying sixteen percent of everything I, I, I sold back to the to the hospitals, and the doctors called me because they liked me. So, so sixteen percent of, of an item that's twenty thousand dollars. And later, I became the head rep in Houston, making twenty percent. And then I paid some other reps sixteen percent and kept four percent, you know, and and created a million dollars over a few years. A man that was making $9 an hour. What was my glory? Making money for the kingdom. Because when, I, when, when God allowed me to make the million dollars, I had it in the bank. Then he told me, because I have to talk to him about everything, how do I, what do you want me to do with it? And he told me, he gave me an outline. One day praying, he said, pay all your bills. Pay your house note. Pay your house off. I had, we had a... Burn your house, $400,000 house. I'll pay that and your bills. All right, so I did that. Now I give the rest to the kingdom. So I make a check for the rest to the kingdom. And go back to zero. But then all of a sudden it's all back. So, so I know that the gift that God gave me, the glory, was to make money for the kingdom. I'm still doing that. So that, it's different. You can have a different one, you know, but, but how many of you would like that one? Yeah. God, will, God, will send, God will send somebody to you and offer you a business, you know. You want to know where, you know, I think Jessica's got a business going over here. Some of the people out here, they, uh, yeah, Beatrice, they're starting businesses, you know, see, the glory. And they're going to expose the glory when they all got grand opening. <laughs> it's the glory. <laughs> There's a gift in you. It was, it was in his seed. Are you still listening? Man. Whatever you gift or talent is, that's your glory. And it was given to you to fill the earth. For the glory of God. Repeat after me. Hmm. My God is a creator. And he is the God 
of glory. glory. However, however. <laughs> see, I always throw that in. There's always a however, you know, because I like to teach right, you know. There's always a catch, right? Just like a fish needs water and a seed needs soil to bring forth its full glory, so do you and I need the right environment to manifest our true nature. Glory will be released when conditions are right. That's why this church is growing so so fast. Because this is an environment where, where the glory can come out. See? So you have to be in this kind of environment. You can't go back to a religious place where they just speak religion and not the truth, you know, the weight of God's word. So be, you know, when the conditions are right, it's released. A seed, if destroyed, is the death of a tree. Do you know that? In the same way, if we suppress our human potential, we destroy our glory. Let me close with Psalms 19.1 in NIV. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. Man, living Bible says the heavens are telling the glory of God. They are a marvelous display of his craftsmanship. Yes, Who got the revelation? Man, we can see the glory of God by his works because of his craft, craftsmanship is displayed for us to see. So in closing, Take, take this with you. Glory is the manifestation of one's natural through one's work. When we use our gifts and talents to realize our visions and, and dreams given to us by our Creator, we're manifesting our glory. So let me leave you with this message. You are created to glorify your Creator through the productivity of your works. See? So you were created to glorify your creator through your works. Glorifying God is not limited to praising him, but rather to put in our hand to a productive, wholesome, and positive work. When, when you're homeless and, and, and uh, you broke, that's not glorifying God. So if you're homeless and broke and saying, I'm a Christian, that's just, that's just saying God's not working. Because God wants you prosperous, healthy, and wealthy. Because the way, the way he's going to spread the gospel is with finances. So we're going to throw this outreaches that we got. And, and every, in our church, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Given bicycles, cars, you know, uh, money, giving it to the people. And we're about to expand this place. I heard, I heard somebody tell me about a church that was closing. And I think that some of them are going to come here because, uh, because they, they, uh, they repossess it or whatever. I mean, the, they... they they didn't own it, you know, they're paying somebody. But we, we started this building 
owning it. And they, there's no bank can take it from us. Okay. That's the glory of God right there. You know, Jesus is so good. Man, who learned something tonight? So, bow your heads right now. Bow your heads. Father God, thank you for your word tonight by your Holy Spirit. I am glad that everybody today knows that you put something in them. But they have to accept you as their Lord. They have to, they have to accept you. And tonight is a great night with this teaching. They want their glory to shine. So, Father, tonight, Father God, by your Holy Spirit, turn some lives around. So as your head is bowed, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life publicly, some of you might have never even heard of that, but tonight, by faith, I can pray for you. And you can, your life will never be the same. So if, if you never did that, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. And nobody's looking. Everybody's eyes are closed. Raise your hand. If you think that you made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you thought that he was, but you didn't, weren't sure. And some of you maybe were sure, but then you backslid and went back to the world. But tonight, you want to come back. You want to come back to the family of God. Raise your hand. Come on, I know there's somebody here. Don't be bashful. All right, to those that raise your hand, I want you to come up to the front. And those that didn't raise your hand, but you know that you, you should come up for prayer, I want you to come up to the front. 